Well, we are cruising in uh, a fourth part of a series we've just called Summer School. And like I've said every week, I know nobody wants to talk about school yet. The, the stuff is going to start showing up in the stores if it hasn't already. And I try to avoid Target and Walmart this time of the year because they're going to start sliding out the pencils and stuff. And I don't want to see that. And I like my summer. I like my kids at my house. I want them around. And, um, but guess what? This is a different kind of summer school. We've been looking at the cool stuff, the fun stuff. We've talked about, uh, talked about windsurfing last week. And we're, this week we're talking about learning to camp. Well, today I have a very, very special couple of guests with me that are up there. My grandmother, my grand, grand, will you wave? That's my grandmother. <clears throat> and Dave, um, hi Dave. This is my dad's mom and this is uh, their first time with us. I'm so excited to have them with us. And my camping heritage goes back to that lady right there. That uh, my dad and his siblings, they were, they were basically raised in tents with fishing and hunting and camping and all of that kind of stuff. Consequently, my vacations when I was growing up were spent in tents and we were fishing and just camping. And it's just something that's near and dear to my heart. My kids love to do it it's just we're just generational campers so as we go through this this all of this is is something that's that's very much a part uh of who we are and um but the the point of this is is this that god is constantly growing us from the inside out and our growth stays steady as we maintain focus on the truth that folks this planet it's not our permanent address and you and i as believers, we have to keep that conscious. We have to be aware of that or we can become so wrapped up in what's right in front of us that we kind of miss the big picture. I kind of honestly, I kind of did that yesterday somehow. I got to do uh, I got to do a wedding and uh, got to be a, a part of a, a wedding. I get to do lots of weddings. I love doing weddings. And, you know, parts of the wedding, you know, I'm sitting there talking, I'm not reading notes. And then there are parts that are just always the same. You just read them. And, you know, you, know, you put the ring on their finger and, and you say, with this ring, I thee wed. And, and it's just, I'm reading it. It's not something I have to pull off the top of my head. And so I'm standing up there with this couple yesterday. Or the wedding's going smooth. And for some reason, I have to take everybody else's word for it because I have no recollection of it. I did not hear myself say it. And, um, and so, uh, but as soon as I got done, my wife was like, seriously, she said, whenever you, whenever you told them and they paused and they kind of looked funny and then, but then, you know, I said, repeat after me. So the groom, he did it. He repeated after me. And, uh, so I normally, I say, take the ring and place it on their finger and say, with this ring, I thee wed. And so for some reason, I decided to put the two together and say, with this finger, I thee wed. (laughs) And so that's what I told them to say. Repeat after me, with this finger, I thee wed. Well, and of course, you know, the bride afterwards says, thank you for telling him to give me the finger. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, you got started off on a good track there. And, uh, you know, and the other people said, you know what, he's got, he's showing like he's going to be a good, good husband. Because even though he knew he should say something else, he did what he was told. 
He tracked right along and he did exactly what he was told to do. So he looks her in the eye and with conviction in his heart, his heart he says, with this finger I they win. <laughs> so, uh, but I was so focused, I get, I, I get, and I was focused on the next line. And so I'm kind of, that one's easy, I do it, and then I, and then I bunged it up, I messed it up, how easy is that? With this ring, how they went, how easy of a line for me is that to do? But I was, got ahead, I was not thinking about the right piece. And I got two weddings this next weekend, and I'm not gonna do that on those. And so, um, uh, anyways, but we, if we, if we don't have the right thing on our mind, we're going to end up, we're going to end up that everything's going to get bungled up. And honestly, we can't, we can't, especially as believers, we can't build everything right here. We have to understand this is temporary. This is not permanent. And we as believers ought to be more conscious of that than anybody else. The president talked about that this, that we ought to be aware of the fact of how temporary and how fleeting life is. But we understand that's true, but there is something on the back side of that that's very, that's very permanent. It's called heaven or hell. And we need to be operating in a consciousness of it. I uh, have shared this story before with y'all, and, and uh, but I, I, it was so appropriate for here, and then I know my grandmother was going to be here, that I wanted to share it again. And uh, I've, told y'all many many times that i'm not athletic the clarks are athletic it should have been in my genes but somehow it missed and i'm not athletic and uh for um uh for some reason i was when i was about 10 or 11 years old i was staying at my my grand's house i was spending the night there and uh my parents had dropped us off and andrews is about 30 minutes from odessa and they hadn't even gotten home yet and in that amount of time, I decided that as a 10 or 11-year-old boy was going to do, I was going to show off for my younger cousin. And so I climbed up in a tree. I was, I was talented at that. I could climb trees. And for some reason, I decided I was going to do a handstand in the tree. Now, a handstand takes some, some athleticism on the ground. And for some reason, I decided I'd never done a handstand. So I like, first, my first handstand ever is going to be in a tree. But I figured that you've got all those branches and I could kind of, you know, lean against a branch and, and kind of prop myself up and kind of weasel myself up there. And sure enough, I got on a branch and I'm doing my handstand and I get my feet up in there and I'm yelling at my cousin. I said, Summer, Summer, look at this. And so she's looking and all of a sudden that branch snaps. And I come Superman in straight to the earth and boom, hit. And I break my wrist, and my cousin claps. Woo! She thought she was real young. She thought it was part of the trick, and uh, it was not. And uh, so my parents, as soon as they hit the front door, they're getting a phone call that they need to turn around and go to the hospital. Uh, and uh, I, you know, broke my wrist. But that's what we can't be doing. If, if we, as believers, we forget about what's permanent, if we forget about what's solid, we will start building our lives on that here that's temporary. And guess what? That is going to disappoint us over and over and over again. This whole world system is rotting away. It is dead at its core and snaps all the time. You and I have a more sure foundation, and we have to be aware of it and building our lives on that 
camping, camping is about being aware that while you're doing that, that it's temporary. You can enjoy being out camping. You can enjoy sleeping on a hard cot or, or on the ground for a little while because you know what? It's just for a little while. I can do anything for a little while. See, John 15 says, If this world hates you, just remember that it has hated me first. If you belong to the world, then the world would love you as its own. But I chose you from this world. You do not belong to it. That's why the world hates you. Guess what? That's what we see the world over and over and over again bowing up against who we are. That there's a, there's a, a, a food chain that that it's the founders are are solid outspoken believers and now a major metropolitan area mayor has vowed to not allow that food chain to come into his city because of what he believes in they hate the core message of who christ is and what he stands for and if we belong to the world it'll love us but if we don't it's going to hate us because we belong to something more permanent john 17 says this is jesus praying he says my prayer is that you not take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one they are not of the world even as i am not of it Folks, you and I, this isn't our home. This isn't where we, our permanent place. Heaven is our permanent place and we have to be aware of that. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, Paul also talks about that all things are permissible. That we're not operated under under this umbrella of this law trying to squish us into Christ's likeness that we have the Holy Spirit alive and His truth is written on our hearts. And so where, where does this thing come from? Where, where do we find this balance of everything's permissible but not everything is beneficial, he says. So where does, this, where does the life lie? It lies right here. We're going to allow Him to transform us from the inside. Whoo! Somebody's going to have to go tell them. Thank you. It's just on a timer, folks. They don't mean to do it to us. And um, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. See, we also need to understand that camping, one thing we can learn from camping, is camping is more about the adventure than it is about comfort. I don't know anybody that decides, ooh, I really, I just really need to get good and comfy. I need to go camping. No. It's all about, it's 100% all about the adventure. It's not about the comfort. Now, lately there's been some camping. Now, my wife does not like camping. She's gone a few times. She's done it. We've had a good time. We've done the tent thing. Now we do the, we don't sleep on the ground. We do the air mattress thing and try to bring a little bit of cushiness into it. But you know what, sweetheart? I think, I think I found some pictures of some tent camping that you would like. I think I have, dear. They have this new thing called glamping. Glamping. It's glamorous camping. Dear, would you go camping with me again like that? 
I think she would. I think she would do that. And then if, if this one didn't suit you, then maybe this one still has a little bit of a rustic feel, sweetheart. See, somebody lost the focus on what camping's about. So if you're taking your king-size bed camping, you're not going camping. See, this, this is real camping right here. Now that's camping. That's on the side of the cliff, sweetheart. I don't know if you can see it from there. It kind of gives you vertigo if you look at it too long. It might make you want to throw up if you really think about it. Now, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that looks cool, and, uh, but I, I'm not into that extreme camping. But camping is so, it's that thing. It's more about the adventure of it. It's not about the comfort. And so many times, us as believers, that's why how this world goes, it should not affect our joy that much. It shouldn't affect it. Why? Because we're not, it's not about this. How things go on a daily basis, if things are going smooth or not, if things are bumping along, it should not affect the constant of our joy because our joy should be rooted somewhere else. It's not rooted in all of this. It's up and down. It's about something else. See, 1 Corinthians 1 says, God who started you. I love the way the message translation reads this verse. God who started you in this spiritual adventure shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. And he will never give up on you. Never forget that. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We're on this thing of an adventure. It is a continual moving forward. It is a continual growth thing. It isn't about just this comfort sake. It is about the adventure. Jesus over and over was caught when he called people. I love the way he did it. He just, he just, he didn't give them a big spiel. He didn't, he didn't promise them all these different things. He didn't show them what was going to be the benefits package and the pension and all of this different stuff. He just said, come follow me. Come do it. These people had jobs. These weren't hobos sitting in the corner doing nothing. These weren't. These were people that were in the middle of doing their stuff. He called tax collectors who were in the middle of collecting taxes. He called fishermen who were in the middle of fishing. He called people who were doing things and said, "Come on, drive. Let's go on this new adventure." Matthew nine is an example of that. As Jesus went down from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told them. And Matthew got up and followed him. Matthew 4 says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, <coughs> called Peter and his brother Andrew, as they were casting nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. He said, Come follow me. And guess what, guys? I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they followed him at once. He even gets more. He even, he even breaks it down even more in Luke chapter 9. It says they were walking along the road. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. I want to be in on this adventure. I want to jump in. I got my backpack. I got my stuff. Come on, Jesus. I'm ready to rock. Let's go. And Jesus replied. He didn't paint a pretty, easy, soft, cushy picture. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. They got their little permanent places on this planet. That's their little homes. That's, they, they, that's just where they live. This is all they got. Of course they do that. But the Son of Man 
has no place to lay his head. Now, does that mean Jesus had to stand up in the corner to sleep? He never had a place to lay down? No. That means that this this was not his permanent address. If you're going to follow me, you're going to have to understand this is not your permanent address. Don't try to build a nest or dig a hole here because following me, that's not what this is about. He said to another man, come follow me. And he replied, Lord, first... First, let me go and bury my father. Sounds like a pretty reasonable request. Sounds like a pretty reasonable request. In our world, that would mean he... Wow. All right, I need somebody to go and check on a power cord in 14 or right outside 9. Man, we're just having all sorts of fun today. This is exciting. Okay, well, that's because the top is plugged in. So we're still rocking. All right. Um, where was I? Okay, we're, we're going through there. So that would be, you know, that maybe the guy's dad just died. Well, when you look at the cultural tense of it, that they were, he was saying, I needed to stay until my father passes. Let me do that. He's going to pass, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. I'm going to... Sorry. What else? Come on now, bring it. And um, and so, but Jesus, look at his response. This doesn't sound like sweet Jesus. What? What is it? It says, "Let the dead bury their own dead." I want to go and I want to go and do my dad's funeral. Let the dead bury their own dead. He's reminding them. He's reminding them that there's you, if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to have a bigger, bigger, bigger view. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. I just want to say bye. I just want to hug and a kiss. I just want to say bye. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. We have to have a move forward, looking forward, pursue this adventure with Christ mentality. Don't say, I'm going to, but. I'm going to, okay, seriously, Jesus, I'm, 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 all, I'm all good, Jesus, come on. No, he said, you just, you just go, you go. It's about the adventure over the comfort. And it's also, folks, camping is about the essentials over the extras. That's one of the most beautiful things about camping. You will figure out what's really, really important. Whenever you go camping, when God had laid it on our heart back in 07 that we, were, that we would be doing this journey that we ended up doing in 08, that we sold everything and we were going to travel six months to a year. And we traveled real heavily six months and a little lighter for three months and pretty much nothing for the last three months of that. But we packed, put everything and, and we're, got a big old RV and... Uh, which had some closet space and some underneath space, but still we were going to be gone for up to a year. So as we're sorting through everything and getting ready, man, I tell you what, you start figuring out, okay, each one of you kids, you get a bin this big. That's what you get to take. And they figure out what's important and what's not important. And what, you know, what's amazing is initially when we were doing that, we felt like, man, we're, we're going to have to like stick a U-Haul behind this thing and carry that. 
It was hilarious when it was all said and done. There were bins and boxes that were under that motorhome. We didn't open the whole time. Even the stuff we paired it, bought down, we thought were just the essentials. And then even some of those essentials we ended up not even touching and needing. It's amazing. It is amazing how much of the extra clutter and the extra stuff that we think we have to have, we don't have to have. With this and having a kingdom mindset with understanding that, that this world is not our home, then it helps us to push out all of the other stuff that wants to come in and clutter and get back down to the essentials and not the extras. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Where is that great cloud of witnesses, folks? I wish I had this like little group of people that hovered around me and said, Go, Brandon, go, Brandon. You're doing it. That's awesome. Go, go. I wish I had that. That would be so awesome. All of the, the patriarchs and those that had gone before and they're like really right there with me and hollering at me and that would just be great. I wake up in the morning and there's Abraham saying, you can do it, boy, let's do this. No, where is this great cloud of witnesses? This great cloud of witnesses is, is on the other side of our mortality. They're, they're heaven already they're there already and we get their cheering and we get that from the word of God and we, we get their examples and we get those things from there. And if we forget about that, we have to have a heaven mindset to embrace Hebrews 12.1. That since we have a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hindered, hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I love it to hear that, that he is saying, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, when he brings up sin, he's not saying the sin that sends you back to hell. Because we're in Christ. That's not our issue anymore. It's that that sin entangles. It slows us down. It jacks up our life here. It messes things up here. We got to get back to the essentials. We got to pare things down to what's really, really matters. Luke 9 says... Then Jesus had called the twelve together. He gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the gospel. And this is what he told them. Take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Pretty much what you got, go. Go, 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 go. And they watched God provide for them the whole time. We get, We finally pick up the full results of this story. Chapters and chapters later, when Jesus has given them some new things. Luke 22, Jesus then asked them, when I sent you out without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nope. We didn't lack anything. We were completely provided for. Now that they understand that God is their provider, and now that they understand that, that God is their source, then he said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it also a bag and if you don't have a sword sell your cloak and buy one it says now now that you understand that i'm your provider now he's in now he's pulling them in now there's some stewardship part there's some responsibility part if you have resources put those to use if you got to take those be responsible with a baseline understanding that god is the core essence of your provider and your source we start there then he adds stewardship on top of that first it's trust then it's stewardship but we it comes from a mentality understanding that that we are that our resources isn't even based here 
It's based on heaven. Camping is also about using the temporary to connect with the permanent. That is what camping is about. We take a, we take a tent. We go out there and we take a tent. We take all sorts of stuff. We even maybe take a little stove that we don't normally use. We take all of these little things. We take this temporary stuff and we go out where? We go out to some place like the Grand Canyon that just has this awe and this permanence and this bigness about it. We go to some state park and we get beside a lake and we begin or we get into the presence of something that's bigger than ourselves so that we can connect with something that's been here a lot longer than any of us have been here. And honestly, as believers, it points us back to our Creator. And we look at the awesomeness of what He's made and that we're the choice, prize of all of His creation. And all of a sudden, we feel incredibly small and incredibly important, all in one big piece as we take the temporary and connect with the permanent. That is what it's about. Well, my uh, was going to college. Um, I, uh, grades were always a big deal to me, and uh, you know I'd had plans of you know going to ASU and carrying a four point all the way through. Well, I blew that first semester of my freshman year, and so now can't four point is not attainable it's, unless I redo my first semester. So I, I still got decent, decent grades, but it wasn't a four point. And uh, but then second semester. Second semester, I met a gorgeous blonde, and she did not live here. She lived back in Odessa. And my sophomore year, I wanted to spend every waking minute that I possibly could with her. And all of a sudden, there became two different places. There was next to her, which was in my heart, my permanent, and me here at ASU, which was my temporary. And I had to take care of business here. I had a job. I had all these different things. But you know what? Because my mindset was set. My mindset was set on the permanent. That when I got, finally got to break away and I got to fire up that Mustang and I got to drive back to, to, see, <clears throat> to see her, that when I got there, I didn't want homework looming over my head. I didn't want anything looming over my head. So guess what? I, I, got, I took the hardest classes of my major. I somehow all that happened. I was working 40 hours a week, all of that. I got my only 4.0 ever. And you know what? I give the credit to her. Because I didn't, when I was with her, I didn't want any distractions. I didn't want anything looming over my head. I didn't want to have to crack a book. I didn't want to have to, I just wanted to be with her and that was all. Guess what, folks? You and I, we are going to stand before the one who gave everything, our ultimate love. We're going to stand before Jesus Christ one day. And you know what? I don't want a whole bunch of stuff going, man, I wish I'd have done things a little different. I wish I'd have done that. I want to live my temporary life here in light of my permanent one there. So that when I stand before him, that there are as little regrets as possible. Not, oh, I wish I'd have taken care of this or that or whatever. And that I take and use this time to the utmost. So with a mentality of the, <clears throat> of the permanent. 
Matthew 6 tells us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then just for a side note, study 1 Corinthians 3, and that's going to tell you what the treasure is. It's going to tell you about it, how to obtain some of that heavenly treasure. 1 Corinthians 3 a whole other message on its own. And 2 Corinthians 5 says, <clears throat> Now we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. We know that. We are aware of that. That this thing is temporary, and if it's destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built with human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we're clothed, we're not going to be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we don't wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Again, we want to be with him. We want to be in heaven. We want to be where it's permanent, so that this mortal, so that this temporary, I love the way Paul put this, may be swallowed up by life. Ah, just life takes over. And it's so beautiful. Now it's God who made us for this very purpose and has given us His Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we always with all confidence know that as long as we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord and we live by faith. That little scripture we throw around all the time, we live by faith and not by sight. It is right there in this long dissertation he gives about being this hunger to be with God in heaven and understanding this is just temporary. That's the walking by faith and not by sight, people. Is having our minds understand that we're just camping here. We're going to make good use of it. We're going to put it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to have fun with the people we're with. But what it's really about is the permanent. See, God has given us His Spirit to empower us in this life and to keep us moving forward and knowing Him better and trusting Him more. Let's use this temporal life for an eternal impact. Eternal impact. That's what it's about. That's the stuff that matters. So right now, why everybody, <clears throat> we want to make sure everybody has that peace in line. That's why every week we give people an opportunity to step over from death into life. Why? Because that's the biggest thing anybody can do. That's the permanent part. Let's handle that. And then we can learn how to deal with this temporary part and, and do this better. But the permanent part, we got to get sealed up. And that happens by choosing and accepting the gift and the love and the grace that is available in Christ. So I appreciate if everybody kind of bow your head and close.